Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba House of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Ossos here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Welcome. <laughs> I still crack up. You always giggle after I say who I am. Yeah. Well, Are you waiting for me to mess up? I, I, I keep waiting. Is it because you care? Yeah, I've messed up yet, but there's still time. Yeah. It's been six years. I know. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Six years. I know. Six years on I air. know. Six years on air together, but 19 years working together. Yeah. And now we're literally working together again, not just me as an agent, you as a lender with the mutual client, but I'm your client right now. I know. It's reversed. You've been, I've been your client many times. I, Yes, but and I've been yours many times. I know, so here we go again. I know, yeah. we just keep going in circles. We need yeah. to get that song on. Yeah. Gonna go round in circles. <laughs> okay, now I just have to say something because okay. when we teach classes and first-time buyer classes and all that, yes. we always tell everybody, get pre-approved, get fully underwritten, you know, well before you find the house. I know, and, and what I did, did you do, Reba? <laughs> I waited until, well, I waited until I got my taxes done. Yeah. That's what well, I did. Well, let's, <laughs> Let's be honest. You waited until 29 minutes before your offer was due. I no, looked at my been, clock. I know we'd been we'd been talking for months. Well, because I was we were going to do it earlier, but remember, I was still finishing my 2020 taxes, right? Because right. I always get an extension. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, and so yeah. I had an extension for my business, so that got done in September, and then we were working on. And the thing is, we've been so busy; it's hard for me to even get my personal stuff done. I know. And I was finishing way. my personal taxes for the October 15th deadline, right? right. And so, and the thing was, my. So listeners, just FYI. So what's going on was I have mentioned many times on the show that I had multiple properties in Kansas and I decided because of what I'm seeing here in this market in Washington, even though Kansas is appreciating finally at a, a decent amount, like mm. around 10% in, yeah. in Wichita. Yeah. Well, it's like 20 to 30 here. Right. And so I decided to cash out, so to speak, my properties in Kansas, and I'm taking my funds and doing a 1031 tax-deferred exchange mm-hmm. here. You're literally putting your money where your mouth is. Because exactly. I am so, eating my own cooking. Yes, because we are so pro-housing market here yes. that there is not a bubble. Nope. That they're not going to go down. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. And you and I just were discussing that on our class that we just recently taught, mm-hmm. which by the way, listeners, if you or someone that you know who could use that class... It's available in a link if you send an email to me at info at teamreba.com and we will be happy to send the link out to you so that you can see the recording of that class. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. But um, yeah, so I'm eating my own cooking and yes, we're, I've got a place in Anacortes and a place in Oak Harbor under contract and I'm super excited about it because that's been a dream of mine for a really, really long time. Yeah. I just missed out on Camino so I'm like, oh, but That doesn't mean I can't do it again in the future, but I'm just super excited. If listeners, you're not familiar with what a 1031 tax deferred exchange is and you own rental property and you're thinking about maybe getting more or Mm -hmm. upgrading or going upsizing, we do have a show I am using, Mm -hmm. David Phillip of Ben Ash. Oh, good. He's going to be my 1031 um, intermediary. Yes, he's been in our program, so you can go back and find him in our podcast if you want to learn more about that process. It's actually quite painless. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, he's my intermediary through this, and I'm very excited about it and love that I can transition and 
and follow a path that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Well, and your timing is good. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if, if you out there listeners are thinking of unloading a rental property or exchanging, you know, buying yeah. a new one, the 1031, it's getting you know, mm-hmm. it's getting knocked around, yes. um, you know, Washington a, pretty hard. Yes. And the other a, Washington, the by other the Washington. way. Washington. Yeah. And there is a high probability that it could go away. Yes. So if Now's you are thinking about making chance. these transactions, yeah, it, it really is a good time mm-hmm. to do that before yeah. that 1031 goes away because yes. it uh, enables you to avoid, not avoid, but yeah. delay paying capital gains taxes. That's why it's called deferred. Deferred. Um, and it's what's called a like-kind exchange. So there mm-hmm. are specific rules. You can't do this after the fact. You can't touch the money. Nope. Once you touch the money, it's called boot. Yes. And, and I like my taxed. boots, but not that kind. Not, that's not a good boot. Yeah. And no. actually, you know what? Um, Phil was great because he did give me some wonderful advice because there was actually, um, so when I sold my properties in Kansas, I had gotten the services. My brother's been my property manager for uh, a decade and a half at Mm -hmm. least. And my mom, even though she's recently retired, she was a a former licensee in Kansas. And so she went through all the offers and such Mm -hmm. with me as I was reviewing them. So I did have a professional working with me on that. And I was going to pay them for services. And he was like, don't do it from your proceeds or you'll have to, that will be counted as boot. Oh, interesting. And so I am just from my um, rental account paying them as contractors for their services. Okay, and then you can still write that off. Yes, as an exactly. On your tax return. Exactly. And yeah. so, it, I mean, he's already being very useful and helpful Excellent. and just jumping onto stuff. And I, he's been a delight so far. And I've actually sent his name to a couple of other clients who are doing yeah. things like this right now. Oh, he's been great. I, yeah. we've, we've used him where we like, hey, we need something done mm-hmm. like quick. You yeah. Know, our customer just now realized they can do this because yeah. we brought it up. Yeah. Is Johnny on the spot? Oh yeah, he's like bang, without bang, bang. being like a Johnny on the spot, really fast. Yes, yeah, which is which is great. He's awesome. Well, congratulations. Yeah, you're thank off you and running and congratulations and, uh, when it closes, right? Right. But well, still, but the process is underway. So is. very excited. I hustled in here well within uh, my 45 days. Yeah. Well, and I hustled in the studio a few minutes late because we're busy getting those all files all set up and appraisals. Well, and your cars and, and my car was acting up on me yeah, yeah that wasn't just because i said you didn't no. have to do i sent it to your assistant so she could I start been on, on it. time if i could have driven at your a normal speed <laughs> your normal speed <laughs> to say the that passing prius speed. at the legal limit of course <laughs> oh my gosh she must have killed you to have all those priuses passing you today i don't want to talk about it yeah <laughs> i know i love it i had to uber the you other you know how day much I, i care though i rode in one in the back seat and I, oh yeah, no I, i actually sent a picture to to um, ellie and you know look look what i'm in the back of uh-huh. and she laughed at me so. i bet she snickered yeah. so much <laughs> oh my gosh she should have sent it to your brother i can imagine what he had to say oh, oh my boy. gosh anyway. i am a little bummed i am missing out on the opportunity to be your brother's neighbor but yeah but i'll tr- i'll there's keep trying yeah, i'll keep trying time. you can wave at each other from across saratoga passage yes yeah, yes so, that's true yeah So um, I'm excited about, I know we're going to do the rates here in a minute, but I am excited. Listeners, we're not just going to talk about 1031s and, you know, these other places. But um, we have a guest today that I'm very excited to bring, partly because it's such an important topic that's coming up, Mm -hmm. right? It's a divisive topic. For sure. 
And I think it's important that we get a chance to kind of, you know, one of the the areas that we cover on this show is regional impact. Mm -hmm. And this is a regional impact. Yeah, and so we're going to have the Washington Cares impact. Act. Yeah. Yeah. Washington yeah. Cares Act is one that's coming up. It's it's really quickly getting to us because November 1st is when that's supposed to go into effect. And mm -hmm. I know the legislators down in Olympia are having a bunch of people hammer on them to say delay, 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 mm -hmm. and or just cut this thing. Mm -hmm. But we're going to get an opportunity to have someone from the program on the show and ask some questions. And I know mm -hmm. you're going to have some hard questions for them. And mm -hmm. I get it. I totally get it. I'm, I really vacillate with this whole thing mm -hmm. um, because I understand the need for people in their elder years to get care. We understand this may not be the best choice, but man, right now, like, I, I just I keep looking more and more. And when I'm talking to other people and hearing what they have as planning or the lack of planning mm -hmm. that they have for right. their elder years and we're mm -hmm. all living longer right so it's a super big challenge and we've got five generations in the workforce and right. but not everyone's working yeah no doubt that that you know this long-term care is super super mm -hmm. important and mm -hmm. and we all need it yeah um I'll have some questions. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I definitely have some exactly. questions. So, but let's get to the rates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do let's that. Let's see if those are going to be a challenge. <laughs> well, um, you know, the the uh, inflation word is is uh, becoming stronger, mm -hmm. and now finally, the Fed and Washington, you know, for weeks and weeks, have been saying, "Oh, it's transitory. It's transitory. It's just going to be around mm -hmm. for a little bit." No. Now they're saying, "Well, maybe it'll stick around a little bit longer." Yeah. It's like really. Huh. It's you like know? it's like your breath after eating garlic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You know, or something else after eating chili. Um, yeah, exactly. The thing is oh, no. that that in you know, you all you have to do is go to the pump. All you have to do is mm -hmm. look at the price of beef. I was looking yeah. across the street yeah. at a cut of it was um Kobe beef. Oh, at Yuajamaya? Oh over a hundred dollars a pound. Well, and yeah, it's, you know, but, but everything is up right now. Mm -hmm. Everything is more expensive. Yeah. And, and, and really, honestly, what is inflation? It's a tax. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is taking money out of your pocket. That means you spend more for this, for gas mm -hmm. in your car. You have less money to spend right. elsewhere in yeah. the short run. It drives prices up in yeah. the long run. It slows the economy down. And for those and people can, who aren't working right now, it's even more painful. Yeah. It's not welcome. Yeah. yeah. We, we could do with, without this. Right. And I, I mean, I could. I, well, I, I won't go on and my, right. my well, diatribe we only have because so much we only time. have so much time, but yes. inflation is here to stay. It's going to okay. be here for a while, All well right. into next year at the very least. Okay. So, and it is impacting mortgage rates. The mm -hmm. Fed is uh, starting to taper, meaning they're not mm -hmm. going to be buying mortgage-backed securities right. as much, and that's having an impact. Yeah. Uh, still good. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but not at our lows. So the national right. average today for 30-year fixed rate, 3.19%. Um, we've been as low as 2.75, but we've also been as high as 3.45 this year. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're getting more towards the upper end of the range. 15-year fixed rates, 2.57%. And we've been as low as 2.22 and as high as 2.89. FHA and VA, 30-year fixed rates, 2.83%. Mm -hmm. And we've been as low as 2.25 and mm -hmm. as high as 3 and jumbo 30-year fixed rates, you know, they're hanging in there, 3.12%. Uh, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, they, they've been sticking and a little bit better. And we need those because our prices, as we just said, <laughs> yes. are Abs Anything up. above 765000 mm -hmm. uh, Hopefully at our, our next um, show or a couple shows from now, mm -hmm. we'll be announcing new loan limits. 
And, and somewhat, you mean as we get to Turkey Day? As we get to Turkey Day, it's typically announced yeah. right around Black Friday. Right. However, there are some lenders out there that are jumping the gun just a little bit. Oh, really? <laughs> so, I wondered. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, not the end of the world with these rates. They're they're still hanging yeah. in there, but they're definitely going to be trending upward. Well, that, once again, that's another reason why I jumped on what I'm doing, because mm-hmm. yeah. I can't do better than this. No, don't delay. It's awesome. Yeah. So... Speaking of no delays, we'll be right back after these messages and getting straight into the Washington CARES Act on Open House with Team Reba. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Open House with Team Reba. Eric Oz is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Hey, welcome back. This is Reba Hass from Team Reba. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. I am. You're so friendly today. I'm actually really glad uh, that you have our guest on, Benjamin Vecti yes. from Washington Cares Fund. Uh, I've got lots of questions, and I imagine our listeners have lots of questions. Yes, I think we should probably introduce him since you just kind of already said some of that, but let's let's roll into it, shall we? Mm. <laughs> Welcome, Ben. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you so much. Glad to be with you today. Oh my so Ben, so tell us, tell us like your position, what you do, and and with the state, and then let's kind of get we'll we'll jump right in. Sure, I am the director of the Walk Cares Fund, the new Universal Long Term Care Program. It was enacted in 2019, um, and uh, I we're working on implementing this program, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Awesome. So, uh, can can for for listeners that that haven't kind of been following what's going on with the Washington Cares Fund, can you give a real quick sort of summary of, yes. of what the fund is? Sure. Um, well, seven in 10 of us will need long-term care as we age. Some of it, some of us need it before we're older. And health insurance doesn't cover it. Medicare doesn't cover it. Um, and so uh, private long-term care insurance is simply not affordable for, you know, 93% of Washingtonians. And so uh, there was a need for people need, um, if, if you don't have long-term care insurance, uh, it can really be devastating to people and drive people mm-hmm. into poverty and retirement if yeah. they need care. And so this program makes long-term care insurance affordable for everyone for the first time. So it's an exciting it's an exciting program. Okay. And the, the program itself, um, we can kind of get into the, the tax aspect of it in a, in a minute. But um, can you tell me, the from make sure, uh, correct me if I'm wrong with some of the facts, that the program can pay up to $100 a day. And um, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's yeah. actually... Yeah, sure. That was in an early version of this, uh, and I know that has been communicated by some, but it's actually, that there's no longer a daily cap. It's 36500 lifetime benefits. It goes up up to inflation every year, and people can claim that as they see fit. Uh, they can use as much as they want uh, on a particular day. For example, if you need home care, and then you also need to retrofit your bathroom uh, with grab bars, you can do that um, with no daily cap. Okay, and... Part of the and, and there there are some minimum criteria before a person would be eligible, you know, to to receive this benefit. Correct. Sure, sure. Can you yeah, kind of so go for example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So you have to need long-term care. So uh, you know, we want to obviously prevent fraud. So you have to actually need support with activities of daily living, such as eating, bathing, and dressing. Most of us, as I said, seven in ten of us do need help with those things as we you know in the last years of our lives. Um, and you have to have paid in. This is a contributory program like Social Security or Medicare. It's not a government um, a social assistance benefit. It's an earned benefit, and you only qualify if you if you paid in. Um, it's there is no government subsidy of this at all. It's completely funded by worker premiums, 
um, just like just like Medicare. Well, just like Medicare hospital insurance is. Um, and so um, you have to have paid in for to be permanently vested. You have to paid in have paid in for ten years over your career, or three out of the last six years at the time you apply for benefits. Okay, so for the past ten years, or three out of the past six years, and don't you have to be a, a resident of Washington State? You have to be. Um, well, obviously, you only pay in if you're working in Washington State, and you only benefit if you're a resident of Washington State. You can leave the state, um, after, you know, but you have to be here at the time that you're actually applying for benefits. Um, both of those things are under current statute. I will say that we have an oversight body, the LTSS Trust Commission, which is looking at uh, recommendations, considering recommendations which would make it easier for people close to retirement to continue paying in voluntarily if they wanted to in order to, to meet those vesting thresholds. So what happens if somebody, let's say they, they work for, for Boeing, and they, they, they work here their whole career, they paid into this, this plan for 10 years, then they retire, and they spend half their time in Washington State and half their time in a trailer in Arizona. Would they be eligible for benefits? Yes, yes. As long as they're um, in Washington when they apply for benefits, which they would be, uh, I assume. Um, would yeah, the benefits be, be used in both states or only while they're here? So, you know, these are, we're really getting into the weeds here. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because that, that seems like a pretty really, tough one. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a detail. We're working on, you know, we don't start paying benefits until 2025. So we're still fine-tuning all of that. I see. Um, there are a couple of ways you can claim benefits. Um, you can either have a professional come into your home and care for you or go to an, uh, an institutional facility if you prefer. Most people prefer to stay in their own home. Right. If you're doing that, it, w- it would be, need to be in Washington State. Um, you can also have a family member or a loved one be a paid caregiver. Uh, if that person were here, they could, you know, you know, they could do that. And if you travel with them, they could do it in Arizona probably as well. Mm-hmm. As long as, you know, you're as long as you're a resident of Washington State, um, there's some flexibility there. We're working on making it as easy as possible for people to claim benefits. Um, you know, we're also considering ways to make it possible to claim in other states. Currently, that's not possible because there's a lot of work to be done on that. Uh, mm-hmm. you had, to pay benefits in other states, you would have to have an eligibility assessment done where someone comes to your home and sees if you're really eligible, and then yeah. you have to have a the worker has to pass a background check. All of those kind of there's things we have to that's work out to super do complex. Yeah, yeah. Forty nine other states. They all have different systems. So we're working on that, but you know, that stuff that we're definitely working on. Gotcha. Well, I'm sure the expectation is the vast majority of people will be here locally, right? I mean, that's, that's right. I mean, that's yes. There are people who snowbird, but the vast majority of people tend to be here. Now, granted, if somebody makes a decision to to move other places, although I would say the Boeing worker is probably going to be less likely to utilize some of these services. Um, just because of the kinds of benefits they get in their type of job. But I mean, for me, you know, my understanding is like this goes into effect of workers are now going to be paying into this starting November 1st. Is that correct? It's actually January. Um, January oh, 1st January. Start paying in. Oh, right. November 1st is the eligibility piece, right? Like whether you yeah, opt out or not. If you want, exactly. exactly. Okay. Can you explain that for our listeners a little bit? Sure. So there, there is a grandfathering in of, of pre-existing coverage in the statute. So if you, if you had your own private long-term care insurance 
which about 7% of Washingtonians have. Um, prior to implementation of this program, you, you could um, opt out of or be, apply for an exemption from coverage in this program. Most people, you know, 93, uh, 93% of Washingtonians don't have private long-term care insurance because mm-hmm. it's very expensive. It's mm-hmm. $2,700 a year on average, uh, and you have to pay that premium until the day you die or need care. So mm-hmm. if you think about that, if you're 45 years old, um, it's the average premium. Let's say you're able to get a little cheaper insurance at $2,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Again, the average is 2700 a year. But if you find something for $2,000 a year and you're 45 years old, you'd have to pay 40 years of private insurance premiums in order to have the coverage when you're 85. Um, 40 years, that's $80,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And, if it, and if it could be more than that. So that's a lot of lifetime premiums. For the Walk Cares Fund, if you're 45, let's say you, um, you plan to retire at 65, and you um, you are in the typical the median wage in the state, which is fifty two thousand dollars a year. You would only owe three hundred dollars a year in premiums, and you'd only owe them for twenty years because you stop paying when when you retire. You don't owe anything into the Walk Care Fund, so that's six thousand dollars a year. Sorry, excuse me, six thousand dollars in lifetime premiums, three hundred dollars a year times twenty years, uh, which is a lot less than eighty thousand, right? So that's right. for the median worker. Let's say you make $200,000 a year, right? You're really doing well, and you're 45. Um, you still would only pay $24,000 in lifetime premiums into this program for a $36,000 benefit. It goes up with inflation, so by the time you claim it, it'll be more like fifty or $60,000. So, so it's a good deal for almost everyone, and it's certainly a much, it's much cheaper than private insurance. And that's why it was introduced, is because most people can't afford the $80,000 or $100,000 in lifetime premiums for private insurance. And so this makes it possible for for everyone in our society to have long-term care insurance so that when you get a dementia diagnosis or a slip in the shower or fall down mm-hmm. the stairs or have an accident when you're older, that you have this pool of money that your family can use to hire a home care aide or pay a loved one to care for you so that you're not having to go to a nursing home or apply for Medicaid prematurely just because you don't have any protection in place. Right. And that is, you're right, the vast majority of people do not have these types of things. My my parents in 2007 had an accident and they had been paying for long-term care insurance. Um, but unfortunately for them, when they did the private uh, insurance, they, had, they were given two options, lifetime versus a three-year benefit. And because the statistics show that by the time people go into nursing homes, they frequently pass within three years, my parents chose that policy and then they got hit by a drunk driver and my dad lived for six, seven years after the fact. And it, and it did, it bankrupted my mother. And, um, and so we, so we helped care that. for her. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see why it could be beneficial for many. Cause my dad was in his late sixties when that happened. And I do yeah. know my mom was leveraging their paid off vehicles. She was taking out loans. She was using her credit cards to get through those. Because even though the long-term care private insurance only covered two-thirds of the cost, and it was 100 k a year for his you know, very high-need care because he couldn't walk anymore yeah. after that accident. I am so sorry to hear that. That's that's terrible. And, you know, it is, it just is often a crisis for people. And it's something, you know, we, mm-hmm. in our society, we don't like to talk about getting older. We don't like to talk about death, right? And we mm-hmm. don't like to think about it. None of it, you know, when I was 25, I never thought I would ever be 54, but now I am 54. Hey, <laughs> and, we're right there with um, you. I'm 53, he's 56. Yeah, it goes fast. <laughs> right? 
And it's and so it's we don't like to think about it, but it is true. I mean, I think it was both my parents. Uh, my dad fell down the stairs a year ago in, a, in his cabin in the woods, and you know mm. he was he's eighty three, and he almost died from it, but he survived it and needed care after. Mm-hmm. And you know he he didn't have anything in place, and and my mom also had my mom had Parkinson's, and her husband was sixty years old when she got the diagnosis and had to quit his job to care for her, yeah. and she died five years later. And then he couldn't get back into the workforce. And, and yeah. then he's, now he's really suffering in his retirement because he missed right. all those years of paying into a 401k and, and so forth. So it's, right. it's hard. It's a, it's a crisis for people when it does hit. And so this doesn't solve the whole problem. It, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a modest premium for a modest benefit. Mm-hmm. What we're hoping for is that we're working with private insurers to actually develop supplemental coverage as well. So mm. uh, five Three or four years from now, we expect private insurers to offer a top-up coverage, kind of like Medigap coverage, okay. so that you could have this as your core benefit. And then if you want to have, say, $200,000 of insurance, you could buy more. If you can afford it, you could buy more in, on the private market, and they could take this as their deductible, which would make the premium for the supplemental much cheaper, right? That's an so, interesting take. Got it. That's right? yeah. That's good news. Uh, yeah, good news to hear. Uh, we have to be coming up on a break here, Ben. But we'd love it if you, I know you've got a meeting coming up. But sure. um, can we hang on for just a little bit longer? Absolutely. I'm okay. Oh, fantastic. Well, okay, we're going to just roll into a quick break here. This is Open House with Team Reba, and we've got Ben Vecti with the Washington Cares Fund on with us with lots of important information on the upcoming uh, Washington Cares Act. Stay tuned. More Open House with Team Reba in just a few minutes. Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Yes, and once again, we have with us Ben Vecti from the Washington Cares Act. Thank you so much for staying on with us for this ne- next segment, Ben. Yeah, really appreciate it, Ben. Um, hey, before sure. we jump in, the, the, the amount of the tax, it's 0.56%, correct? It's uh, 0.58. Oh, 0.58. Um, so it's it's whatever your earnings are times point zero zero five eight that'll tell you your annual contribution. For the typical worker, it's about three hundred dollars a year, about twenty four bucks a month. Um, that's for somebody who makes fifty k. If you make twice that, you owe you know forty eight bucks a month or six hundred dollars a year. It scales up or down based on on your income. And, and to, uh, just to, to we call it a premium. I think it's important to keep in mind this doesn't go into the general fund. It can't be used for anything else. This okay. is a premium, kind of like with Medicare, that can only be used for this purpose. It can't be used for other programs. Okay. So that's important. I'm watching Eric's face right now, and he is very happy to hear you say that. No, I am. Yeah, very much so, because uh, we've seen things not go that way like the lottery. Uh, so this is, this is good to know. Um, now, what if you're self-employed? If you're self-employed, you can opt in starting in January. You can just simply go to our website, walkcaresfund.wa.gov. Uh, and you can starting in January you'll be able to opt in and then you would simply pay the point zero point the half a percent basically of your net earnings um, into the program if you want to and you could then uh, earn benefits that way and I'd recommend that people you know consider that it's, it's a good deal as I said for, for the vast majority of people um, do the math yourself and and you'll see Okay, so so not you're not automatically um, you know taxed in if you're self-employed only if you are a a W two type employee then correct? 
That's correct. Okay, gotcha. And for, when I read, I read through the the statute several months ago, so I'm maybe a mm-hmm. little bit foggy in some of the details on it. But so the 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 tax, the 0.58 percent, from from what I read or interpreted, that's the minimum it can be. But it could be subject to change in the future. Uh, will this be run like kind of like an annuity then, or an insurance fund where it needs to, the program needs to be adequately funded? Sure. They, you know, it's actually in the statute. It's in it. I'm I, I'm very impressed that you read the statute because it's, it was hard for me to read the statute. I'm a nerd like that. He's a yeah. total nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so, um, but congrats on that. But he, it's actually a, set up as a maximum. It can't it can't be increased unless there's a, a new law passed which would raise the premium. And in fact, if the premium, if the legislature wanted to raise the premium, they'd have to write a letter to everyone who was vested telling them why they were doing it and telling them when they would get it back to 0.58. So it's set up so that it really shouldn't be able to go up. Of course, nothing can preclude a future legislature, um, you know, increasing or lowering the, the premium. But I know that there is not an appetite for increasing uh, the premium. We, we want to see how we're doing, you know, five or 10 years from now, I'm sure that, you know, they'll look at the program and see where it is financially, but uh, we feel like we're in good, good shape. Okay. That enough premium will come in that by the time people start drawing on this benefit, there'll be a, a big enough annuity there to sort of self-fund itself, plus, of course, additional taxes coming in. Yes, and we have the state, the state actuary, yes, and the state actuary is actually modeling this over 75 years and, and doing, just like the Social Security program is modeled, they're, they're observing this very carefully and annually to the legislature on how we're doing. So there are a lot of eyes on this. The state investment board is also investing the reserves that the fund brings in. Um, and so everyone is, is working to make sure that the monies are, are, are you know, treated, uh, you know, carefully and invested well and uh, available for this purpose. Gotcha. Okay. And, um, and, and can you, can you bring us up to date? I know that there is talk in the legislature right now of either delaying this or, or amending it. I know there were some some concerns for for instance if somebody you know works in Washington State but lives in Oregon or Idaho that they're paying into this tax but they may not receive benefit from it. You know what's your kind of take on on looking forward? Is this definitely going through starting January or or could this possibly be delayed? Sure. That's a great question. I, I don't think it, it could be delayed. I mean, the only way it could be delayed is if uh, the governor called a special session, um, because, you know, otherwise the legislature didn't start meeting until January, and that's when the program kicks off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say, you know, just like Medicare or Social Security, both of those programs were fine-tuned in the years after they were passed. And nothing is perfect the first time. It's mm-hmm. We're also the first state to do this. But the, there, we have an oversight body that meets four times a year, um, to make recommendations, to consider recommendations that they issue a report at the end of the year. And what they're considering is, is perhaps exempting people who who live out of state but work in Washington so that they wouldn't have to pay in. Uh, right now they, they pay in, but unless they move to Washington State, they can't claim the benefit. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at that. Um, they're also looking at the issue of near retirees, as I mentioned, making it mm-hmm. easier for people who are close to retirement to qualify for benefits. So you know, we want this program to work as well as possible for Washingtonians, and uh, you know, I know that the legislature is is focused on that as well. Right. And and just so I want to make sure I heard that right, when you said near retirees, was it they pay in? Is it three out of the past five years? Three out of six. Or three out of six. Yeah, near retirees, you have to have paid in three out of the last six years in order to be eligible for benefits. Okay. Um, but that only gets you temp- temporary eligibility. You know, for three years, so if you paid in sixty two to sixty five, you'd be eligible until you're sixty eight but then not when you're 69. 
you have to pay in 10 years to be permanently eligible. I see. And so we, we realized that that, you know, that was really designed for the long term for the, you know, the next hundred years. That's how that makes sense. But for the, for the people who are close to retirement right now, it doesn't work as well. And so they're considering ways to, to cover that population because we want it to work for everyone. I gotcha. So some type of a, well, it's a phase in. Yeah, I get, I get mm-hmm. that. There's always going to be a little bit of disruption as you're rolling out a new program like that. Uh, okay, got it. Yeah, you know, I and just kind of a similar story. My dad um, went through some health things a couple mm-hmm. years ago. We we went through, you know, I had private care and we did have a private policy, and you know, but when you're getting you know twenty four hour care, mm-hmm. you know, at twenty five bucks an hour, you yep. know, that's six hundred bucks. A, a day, yeah. uh, you know, 36,000 gets eat, eaten up very, very quickly. And in my dad's case, what I, what I discovered was that the insurance companies are not really interested in paying anything out. In fact, they delayed, mm-hmm. obfuscated, lost documents. They did everything in their power yeah. right. to, to avoid, right. you know, cutting yeah. a check. So who, who's going to run the bureaucracy? Is that you? I'm the chief bureaucrat. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. Sorry, didn't no, mean I didn't I, mean I, that I, in a derogatory way. No, no, but I, I understand. No, we're you know, we'll be running this, and you know our goal. You see, and that's you're really hitting on a key point, which is that we, our program is accountable to the people of Washington. Right? We are accountable to the contributors to this program. If you're not happy with this program, you know you'll get me on a podcast and let me know that you're not happy with it. Yeah. Uh, legislators. Well, legislators will pull us in to testify, and we will be, you know, we're accountable to the people. Private insurance companies aren't accountable to anyone except their shareholders, right? right. And so it's very frustrating. You know, my mom had long-term care insurance, but it, it didn't do her much good either. Mm-hmm. They're waiting periods before the benefits kick in, and as mm-hmm. you mentioned, they make it hard to claim. Um, and so uh, it's we don't have also one of the reasons why our premium is so affordable is that we don't have all the expenses that private insurance companies have. Mm-hmm. So they have... They have profits, right, which is a big part of it. They have wow. high salaries for their executives. They have retreats they do in, you know, Hawaii. They have underwriting, right? They hire yeah. a ton of people to try to see what your risk profile is, what are your preexisting conditions, and then not cover you if you think you're high risk. Right. We cover everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't have claims adjusters whose job it is to not pay claims, right? Mm-hmm. We yeah. try to pay claims as easy as possible. So for all these reasons, you know, this will be like Medicare, It'll really make Washington a more civilized place to retire and grow old in. And I think it's going to be exciting for all of us just to know that all of our friends and relatives and you know, church uh, members and everyone that we know, people at the grocery store or the mm-hmm. bus driver, everyone's covered so that we have dignity when, we, when yeah. we're older and need help. You don't have to just go and get a right. job at Starbucks <laughs> right. to <Good>. a degree. <laughs> um, and, well, no, Ben, I'm, I'm trying to be mindful. You have another meeting coming up, and I want to make sure you get to your meeting on time. But um, sure. is any last words you want to give to our listeners before you have to go? Sure. I, I wanted to acknowledge, uh, you know, the point that it's true that this doesn't cover all of everyone's needs. Uh, about a third of people who need long-term care need less, less than a year of it. About a third need one to three years, and about a third need more than three years. Of course, there's always going to be some people who need uh, a lot more care. For those people, Medicaid will still be there, and, and they can also buy supplemental private insurance, as I mentioned, supplemental to this program. But for the vast, for maybe for majority of people who need less than three years of care, this program could keep you from having to apply for Medicaid, keep you from having to burn through your life savings, 
and allow you to age in place and not have to go to a nursing home unless you really need to for medical reasons. So I think it's going to be exciting for all of us to have that peace of mind that as we grow older, something is in place and that we're prepared for, for aging. Well, thank you so much, Ben. It's been a pleasure having you on. And uh, yeah, maybe uh, in a year or so, once this thing is underway, we'll uh, have you on again and see how things are going. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, all right. Thank you so much. Hey, Thanks thank so you much. very much for joining us, Ben. Really appreciate it. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Well. Um, yes. And how are you feeling now? <laughs> uh, I... I I am um, I'm processing some of what he said, yeah. and I and I like to keep an open mind. Yeah, um, I I still have some some pretty significant concerns about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and my my worry is is just that this is a program you are forced to pay into for ten years, and if I plan to retire to Arizona or mm-hmm. some or somewhere else. I, I, I get nothing for it. Now he did mention, you know, that mm-hmm. they're working on some solutions for that. Um, but in my mind, why wasn't that figured out and worked out before they started implementing the tax? You know, it's kind of like, you know, you're not going to see what's in the bill until you vote for it. You know, and and I and I have a, tr- a problem with that. I'm really struggling with that. You know, it's like, oh, you're going to start paying this tax. It's mandatory, uh, and maybe, yeah. maybe maybe you'll get covered. Maybe you won't be covered. You know, I get your point, but. It is really hard to come up with every single scenario and have something be, like he said, you know, the Social Security, when it came out, it wasn't perfect when they implemented it. Yeah, but that's just good governance. So, you know, it's something that, that, that's why we... I'd still rather have something than nothing. Yeah. I'd still rather have something than nothing. Well, for, for there's a lot of folks out there that will absolutely benefit from Mm -hmm. this. And and I've, I've run the math. I've run the numbers. I've looked at it for somebody with high income. I've looked at it for somebody with, Mm -hmm. with a, with a a moderate income Mm -hmm. and for somebody with a moderate income. Yeah. It's not that bad. You know, it's it's not that, it's not that big a tax, but it's still a tax. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the problem that I have with it is, is for folks that maybe they're going to have a windfall or, or, or something like that. There is no cap on this tax. Mm-hmm. It goes all the way up to whatever income you're earning. When you say somebody may have a windfall, what do you mean by that? Well, we have a lot of employees. Uh, we have a lot of uh, folks in Washington state, especially mm-hmm. who have restricted stock units. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yep. a perfect example. Yes. If you work for any of the tech companies, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting some big yeah. W-2s. Right. And a 100% of that's going to be taxed. And I get that, but I'm going to, you know what? We're going to have a point counterpoint a little bit after this <laughs> sure. um, because we need to go into a quick little break and then you and I are going to battle this out without Ben on the line. <laughs> Sounds good. Personal opinions only here on Open House with Team Reba. <laughs> we'll be right Open back. Open House with Team Reba. Now back to Open House with Team Reba. We're back. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. Eric Oz is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from Mm -hmm. 2 to 3 o'clock. And Sundays from 3 to 4. And always on podcast as well. Six years of content. Yes. Podcast. Just look us up. Open House with Team Reba. Can't miss us. Yeah. Indexed for your listening pleasure. Yes, we do. In fact, uh, for any of the shows that uh, weren't yet defined, we have people working on that, including David Summers, our former radio producer from here at the station, Mm -hmm. who is now doing some contract work with us. Yeah, He's been a joy to work with and creating some fun things for us. David's awesome. Yes. Um, So, okay. We were about to get the boxing gloves on. Yeah. I mean, okay. So you were just saying before we went into the break 
that the Washington Cares Act, yes, when there are those individuals with big RSUs, you know, they've got their stock options, um, and and there's no limit on it. Now, chances are it could end up, you know, because again, as Ben was saying, this is not a fully formed situation, and you know, there's going to be people going to bat for them, mm-hmm. most likely, right? But I got to tell you, most of them aren't going to miss it. Whatever they get taxed on this at that mine, you know, that minuscule amount, um, generally speaking, I can tell you for a fact they're not going to miss it because we have clients who are who are these individuals, and I, like I was having a conversation with one of them the other day, and she's been making money like this for fifteen years mm-hmm. in her career. Yeah, and first of all. She just for the first time she's making between she's never she's not even sure she's making somewhere between three and six hundred thousand dollars a year. She's not sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she just got a wealth planner. Right. And I thought. Okay. But, uh, but you're talking okay. about like a, a small percentage of people. There are a lot of folks that are earning significant incomes mm-hmm. and, and this is going to be a factor. It, and. And yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, I, 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 number one, am an, a firm advocate that I think everybody should have some type of long-term care. Yeah. So, so for, for the majority. And you just heard how many people don't. Right. And, and, you know, but the reason this legislation was passed in the first place mm-hmm. was because a bunch of legislators said not enough people have long-term care, so we're going to just make them get it. And and I, I do kind of have a problem with that, you know, yeah, because you because can. this is yet another tax. It's another thing, mm-hmm. and this is also an income tax. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, it's supposed to be you know segregated funds and everything right. like that, but it is an income tax. Washington State doesn't have an income tax. In fact, right. it's, it goes against our constitution. And and so is this just the camel sticking his nose underneath the tent, and that we're going to see additional taxes? Come on, capital gains taxes, income taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it seems like there's never enough taxes in I, Washington state. I totally get what you're saying, but also as an employer, mm-hmm. it's nice for me to not have to pay one for for once. The employees are paying it for themselves for right. a benefit they get. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I get and that. And so there's that side of it too, because mm-hmm. I'm already paying. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to opt in? You know what? Here's the thing. I, you know, a lot of our listeners, if they haven't figured out over the last six years, I'm pretty liberal. Mm-hmm. And here's one of the deals. I don't mind paying taxes, especially when I am a, a above average income earner. Mm-hmm. I don't mind because my grandma, even though she never technically worked a day in her life, she was a farmer's wife. Mm-hmm. And then her husband died early. And I have no problem paying taxes to help support somebody like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have no problem knowing that there is money available for someone else's grandma or somebody else who's a friend of mine in the future or whatever. If I can pay it, I don't, because it's really at the end of the day, if I have more than I need, I don't mind. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I consider it because I, I can't necessarily go take of every take care of every single other person I know. And here's the other thing. I've given jobs to people who were friends of mine who needed help, and they have given bupkis back. Mm-hmm. They they it, it it's a well, it's a different kind of thing. And and so for me, like 
I like the general welfare of what Ben was saying of, I like knowing that the person working behind the coffee counter that's not Starbucks has an option, mm-hmm. right? I like knowing my lawn guy has an option. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that, that it's just a way I personally feel. And there's nothing wrong with how I feel. And there's nothing wrong with how you feel about these things. Mm-hmm. How do I feel? I know you get very hot under the collar about it. No, I, I, I'll tell you a couple couple thoughts on it. But you okay. know, one, num, number one, I don't mind paying taxes either. What I do mind is when a bureaucrat tells me that I'm not paying my fair share. And, and, and when we get into kind of a class warfare type of a type of an argument where that is totally unfair, uh, because I, you know, what's my fair share, you know, I, I, I you know, what's the metric for that? It's never mm-hmm. enough. I'll tell you, that's the answer. Well, it's I do know enough. our state is in a lot of situations where they're caring for elders in different and that, situations. And that is a, that is a, 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 a group and we that all pay needs for our that. help. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. But, but. You can't tell me that there isn't massive waste in our in our in our government, and just the sheer right, size of our government has grown exponentially over right, the past but decade. Isn't that what's nice about this being its own silo that mm-hmm. Ben was talking about? That it's not to go into the general fund. It it's is. not to do. I mean that. It I is. mean, frankly, that's part of why I like this because it's not that stuff. I mean, right. we don't need another one of those lawsuits like we did for education. Mm-hmm. Where you know we were supposed to be paying so much towards our education, and then we you're referring to the McCleary decision. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean that went yeah. on for decades. Right. right, but I also I also heard Ben say um, that this 0.58 tax will never go up; that it's it's limited to 0.58 percent. So unless I've also heard mm-hmm. you know our governor say six years ago that taxes would never be increased. You know, he would not increase mm-hmm. taxes. And it was the very first thing he did. Uh, you know, all it takes is a good emergency. Right. And, and they're, guess what? They're going to go up. So he, if anybody believes that this, you know, if we fast mm-hmm. forward two years from now or five or 10 years yeah. from now, that this tax is still going to be 0.58%, I will buy you a steak dinner. Okay. Well, they better email in because you can't just say that later on. They need to email in who they are. Okay. And then that way we have a list. Okay. That's right. But not and a, I think they a, need to send that to eric at ericismybanker.com oh, and not to my right, email. Bring it on. But, but it's not going to be Kobe beef from Wajamaya at 125 bucks a pound. I'll guarantee you that. More like Arby's. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so no, I, I I think we both agree it's a good it's 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 something that's needed. Yeah. It's it's something that that um you know that the majority of Washingtonians mm-hmm. are going to benefit from, and especially if it allows them to stay at home because mm-hmm. we talk about that all the time. Right. In oh, fact, yeah. rebuilding together just had their fundraiser mm-hmm. just this right. last week, and that's what that program is all about mm-hmm. is helping people. I mean, if we have to have nonprofits around this, like, oh, mm-hmm. you know. Well, um, and I'm going to bring up a couple other thoughts as well, too, because we've seen, you know, massive increase in equity in homes, you mm-hmm. know, in our, in our area. We benefited greatly from all of that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of our, our elderly that are sitting in homes that are owned free and clear. Right. But uh, they're they, house they, rich and cash poor. They are. They are so so. Uh, a policy like this is is a good thing to help. Mm-hmm. You know, for not for those folks because they're already retired. Right. But but looking forward. But let's also talk about, you know, just doing some responsible planning for future mm-hmm. and and having a yeah. private plan. I do. You know, I I can opt out of this plan. I mm-hmm. I have a private plan. It's important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife has a private plan, and we you know we made sure of that. Um, but 
we also know that we need to have savings. Yes. You know, I, I hate to say it. It's a big S word, but we got to have it. Yeah. Folks. No, absolutely. And, and you know, I, can I just, I'll, I'm 100% with you on that. And if I can just tell our listeners out there, it, the savings, like, people are like, how am I going to save? Well, first of all, stop spending. <laughs> That's right. That's the number one thing. Start Every time I walk into someone's steps. house, when I walk into somebody's house that we're about to sell, the amount of crap in people's houses that they don't need is insane. Mm-hmm. And I know I sound, you know, like, That's true. Ridic- but I can't believe some of I'm like, why? And yeah. a lot of it's just sitting there broken and just it, it's landfill just waiting to happen because when we go to sell the house what is the first thing that happens people dump everything at the at the local landfill or send it off to goodwill and we just don't need to buy all that crap mm-hmm. it's true you know yeah. so i mean that's me getting on a soapbox but you know get what you need well thanks again for listening in open house of team reba join us again every saturday at two o'clock sundays at three have a great weekend everyone Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The Answer. Proceeding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.